Hello, UK. That's what you get for eating biscuits for breakfast. I'm gonna get things right before too long. Get things right before too long. Reality denial. I will never be on drop. Isn't that annoying? That the worst lyric in that song is the one you remember the most. I will never be on drop, which I guess kind of makes it a good lyric. Anyway, what are you going to do? Hi, how you doing, Brendan Burns, dumbest whitest guy, part four, episode. Fucking come on. Looks like we made it. This is going to be a very short one this week because uh, I'm currently in Mexico with Bean. We're on holiday. That noise you can hear in the background is the beach. And I've done my utmost best. It's it's hurricane season. It's a bit stormy outside and I've done my utmost best to create a studio in here using only an alcove and a bunch of pillows. You heard me. Trust me. You think this sounds shit? Should have heard it before. So anyway, this is a listener-supported podcast. As usual, go to patreon.com slash brendonburns, B-R-E-N-D-O-N-B-U-R-N-S, or hit like and subscribe, whatever, if you're listening to us on YouTube. And regarding that, stick around to the uh, end of this episode, because I I have a little bit of an announcement. I, I, I think you know where this is going. Maybe you don't. Who knows? I don't know you. Fuck off. So where did we leave off? Oh, by the way, if you, this is the first episode you've listened to or you've just tuned in, seriously, come on. It's called part four. How hard is it to go back to part one? Really? Well, I'll say more about that at the end. Anyway, uh, so where did we leave off? Uh, I think at the final, I was, yes, that's right. I was just leaving Paige and I decided I would pick up these two here, Indian, Navajo Indian hitchhikers, two like kind of fucking hammered old blokes. I think it was called Alan and Bill or some shit. Like, but I guess no one's ever going to get in a car and go, "Hi, I'm uh, shit's the bed." Hi, I'm fucks a wolf in the ass. Uh, is that? I think that might be racist. But you know what I mean. Hi, I'm an animal that does something. You know, come on. So you you got to throw down a bill, don't you? Anyway, so we're driving along, and they asked what I'm doing out there, and they told them all about. Uh, I think where we left off is I told them about getting stung by the stonefish and I'm out there kind of living randomly looking for a guy called Patrick Scott who I was looking for ages for what the word was. It's a spirit healer and he has dealt with a lot of people that have survived deadly bites and or been struck by lightning and uh, it changes them dramatically and almost every one of them to a man kind of uh, changed career path. So on the drive to Page to Kayenta, I basically say to them, they're going, where are you going? And I said, well, not really anywhere. I don't know. But and they said, why'd you pick us up? Well, what's to that effect? And I was like, well, I looked at you two guys and I thought, well, they're going somewhere. May as well go where they're going. And he's like, ah, I like this guy. This was the cunt in the back fucking dropping orange peel everywhere. And uh, and I told him about Patrick Scott and he was like, the Scots. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And as we all know, in the episodes leading up to this, I'm in such a mindset that those kind of things mean a lot to me. And he's like, the Scots, yeah, just like says it matter-of-factly. He's like, yeah, they have their own reservation. Like, and I tell them about the stonefish and all of that. And uh, and I'm really kind of leaning 
Oh, by the way, I'm wearing a pink bandana, for fuck's sake. So I'm kind of leaning into the the, for the fear of hat loss in Las Vegas version of myself, which was my um, debut novel slash book. And go back to earlier episodes just to fucking catch up, read the book, then come back and listen to this. I can't be fucked explaining it. And you can't be fucked listening. So, uh, and I'm, but I'm, you know, I'm doing that version of myself, which is like living really randomly yet searching for meaning. And um, so when I tell him about that, yeah, that that's kind of what I'm doing. And I'm looking for Patrick Scott and he's like, yeah, the Scots, everyone knows the Scots. Oh, as another aside, I should say, Patrick Scott never, never got in touch during the course of this story, by the way, because uh, he'd said to Nyla from Bisbee that he doesn't even know what a stonefish is. And uh, his spirit heals originally, originally I discovered in hindsight only recently that it's folks that have been struck by lightning and or bitten by rattlesnakes and they feel like a deadly bite is the kind of the same thing. And they are the people that are drastically changed and, and they end up changing what they do for a living. But but the belief is that it does change you, that it's like a wake-up call. Kind of like um, kind of like those old tarot cards, you know, where the death card is never, ever about uh, a premonition that, you know, you're going to die. It's, a, it's like a signal that the old you is dead, that it means dramatic change in your life. Not that I believe in any of that shit. I mean, come on, <laughs> come on. That's obviously just bending what random shit means to suit your own ends. That'd be fucking nuts, wouldn't it? No. What you want to do is put on a pink bandana and pick up a couple of fucking Navajo hitchhikers because you didn't do it with some indigenous aboriginals in Alice Springs 10 years earlier. That's sensible. Random cards. Fuck you. <laughs> I got to do shit that might kill me. <laughs> but so even Patrick's got the spirit healer is staring clear of me. Obviously, because he, even he must be like, oh, great, another crazy white cunt looking for meaning. Fuck that. That, you know, that guy clearly leaves, believes in some right on bullshit. Anyway, let me rub a feather over you. <laughs> let me rub a feather over you to predict the future. That'll be 200 quid, thanks. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, let's be honest. We all feel that way about other people's coincidences because, you know, or things other people, you know, take meaning from or whatever because it's, unless it's like a proper mathematical anomaly, and, I mean, let's face it, I'm in the middle of just driving randomly looking for an Navajo bloke in an area the size, like twice the size of the UK on the off chance I might bump into him or bump into someone that knows him and then the first people I pick up while I'm doing that, they're like, oh, yeah, the Scots. All right, so, but... So that's a that's a fairly decent mathematical anomaly. But even then, when I told those guys this, they were like, oh, yeah. and or, or like a statistical impossibility. But for most of us, you know, when we're hearing other people's coincidences, even how fucking mind blowing this one was, these guys were like, oh, yeah. uh, really, the reason it means something to us is we're looking to feel the memory of a of a previous feeling. So it means nothing to no one but us. Yeah. I mean, you may as well. You may as well go like, "Hey, remember that feeling I had when I was four? I just felt it again. How weird is that? I smell bread. Let's buy this house, dumb fucks." <laughs> so Pat and Bill are in my car, and I'm telling them all about the stonefish and shit. And there's definitely something. In, I mean, I'll concede this. There's definitely something in the near-death experience changing 
your the way you experiences the way that you experience things and it's also kind of it has undoubtedly changed me because you remember back in february pretty much when i've relayed to you what anyone said or you know with my conversations with craig or uh, i remember john hastings when i told him he was like oh god i can't wait for the edinburgh festival hour you make out of this and how you somehow make it about race (laughs) Although, admittedly, when I first dived into the water and the stonefish stung me, I thought it was a beer bottle. And my first thought was, you genocide celebrating committing cunts because it was the weekend after Australia Day and there was lots of dogs in the beach. Right, again, go back and listen to the other episodes because none of this will make sense otherwise. And, and, and But yeah, but even Craig was like going, mate, this is going to be an amazing bit. And I was just like, nope, won't work. It'll only work while I'm feeling it. It'll only work while it's relevant. It'll only work when people are kind of aware of it. And I can't stress enough as well, like, just how much people fucking knew about this in Perth because it was a triple whammy in terms of a news story. Well, it was on both news news stations that night, uh, Channel 9 and Channel 7. We only have four, three commercial networks, right? And those are the big two. And this was the second to lead story after tr- Trump went to China or some shit. It was Trump went to China, then some fucking... Well, like local celebrity, which they're being very kind, gets stung by deadly thing, is looking for the woman who saved his life. So it's a triple whammy kind of special interest story, and it's, but it's also about climate change because they're not supposed to be a thousand kilometers south. They're, they're not supposed to be, yeah, they're, they're a thousand kilometers south of where they're normally found. And so I, I must also stress what a statistical impossibility it was that I even got stung. It's why, it's why all those news crews rocked up and, and even Craig said, like, only you could swan into town and finally get the commercial networks to acknowledge climate change, then fuck off again. And I just got inundated with all of these kind of, I can't wait for you to write, you know, turn this into an hour. I can't wait for you to make this into stand-up. Oh, God, here we go again. And you know, like, oh, only you could send that email saying I got stung by a fucking stonefish. Only you, only you. Now, the thing is, right, I've always been me. So I don't think I'm that odd. I know I'm kind of ridiculous. And sometimes when I embrace that and folks confuse that ridiculousness with not having a mind at all, that's kind of when I embrace the ridiculousness less and kind of feel compelled to like intellectually flex almost. And and then I'm kind of a dick and then the fucking old cycle goes round and round and round and round and round and round and round, and round, and round you know. And then my work suffers and I'm not happy. And I'm not happy. And I haven't been happy for years. Sorry, but I haven't. I've had flashes of it. Since the changes I've taken since Arizona, I'm laughing more. And I mean laughing. I mean laughing involuntarily. I, uh, but okay. I kind of found my smile again. I mean, I really laugh again. Like it's, and it's not like, I can only identify this in hindsight now, but it's not like a semi-narcissistic needing to be noticed kind of way or, you know, like the kind of laugh where it's, aha, I get it. And everyone else should notice I get it. I get it. I am validating whatever is going on, you know. And I think actually for the last like eight years or whatever, the, or even the six years I've been doing this with you guys, my laughter hasn't been all that involuntary and it's supposed to be an involuntary response. And now I think about it, like, that's about control and controlling 
my own laughter is just more control. And none of us actually have that. And trying to too hard to get it, to get control, makes us all miserable. Even in this, this fucking vigil that I'm trying to randomly act. I'm still looking for control. I'm still putting on a pink down. I'm wearing a costume, for fuck's sake, of some guy I used to be to try and eliminate that guy's need for control. I know this is just a fucking maelstrom of contradictions, I understand. But if uh, any of you get it, you either get it or you don't, you know? But I'm still doing nutty control shit, demanding... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of demanding that the world shows me what I need to do. And I'm lapsing, I'm leaning back into my old crazy self to do it. And I'm wearing a fucking costume. <sighs> but, like I keep on saying, during this series... It takes a thousand things to drive you crazy and it takes a thousand things to bring you back. If it hadn't gone down the way it's gone down, I'd still be in a pink fucking bandana right now. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Alan and Bill, let's call them that. I, fuck, I can't remember what their names were. Drunk hitcher blokes. <laughs> fucking orange peel spillers. But I'm telling them more and more about this stuff and they couldn't give a fuck because the more I tell them, the more they're angling to be the solution. I'm offering them a lift all the way to their reservation. But they keep on going like, yeah, my aunt knows this stuff. Yeah, she knows all about this stuff. And there's a flower, there's a herb that she sells that heals the spirit. And I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for. Not what I'm looking for. And the more I tell him that, the less he's kind of listening. And it's just everything's kind of trying to be manipulated, uh, manipulated that way. And I'm just like, nah, it's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a bloke called Patrick Scott. And it, it's like, a, I don't think he can faith heal me or wave feathers at me and shit, by the way. Even back then, it's not what I think. I just am looking for him to hear the experiences of these other folks that had had these violent, this violent, poisonous jolt from nature and reality and the world around them and just, just hear what happened. But they keep pushing it, right, again and again and again. They don't have – and again, like I said last episode, they, they don't have weapons. They're small, older blokes, and I could totally take them uh, if it kicks off. So I'm not getting mad or anything. I'm not, like, worried. But I am being invited into an Indian reservation, which I kind of knew was rare, but I would later find out was almost never. So being invited is definitely like an honour. And I know like back from the, like the South African townships, you, you simply shouldn't go to some of these places if you're not. And it's way better to go in with a local rather than just getting scowled at and looking lost the entire time, you know? So if it looks like – I mean, the funny thing is if you go to like a South African township and you're surrounded by uh, black guides showing you the school they built, everyone thinks you're there to fix stuff. <laughs> But like I told you before, if they introduce you to the witch doctor, never touch the monkey skull. Never touch the monkey skull. But, you know, so I am being invited in and and, I'm, you know, and I am, after all, like the dumb white guy and I'm very comfortable in this situation. No matter how much I'm being scaled at because I've got feigned ignorance on my side and no real ugly history with these folks. You know, and fuck me dead, my accent gets strong. Lee, did you hear it then? It gets fucking strong. It gets strong in these environments. I turn up my outback out there. I did. I, I turned my outback up in, in Arizona because i got to tell you, A, it is bizarre how much that place looks like Central Australia. 
those two places were easily once attached. And when you consider just how similar Indigenous American and Indigenous Australian folklore is, fuck knows how long these societies have really existed and how derivative they are of another one. Because there's a lot of parallels. And it's fucking miles away. So I'm angling more towards I've got nowhere to go, I've got nowhere to be, I'll drop you guys at your house. And they're just still angling, fuck this lift. Let's sell, you know, fuck the lift. Let's, you know, I'm all in. Let's sell this crazy son, crazy cunt. Not the bullshit he's into, but convince him of some other bu- bullshit. Uh, but little do they know, I've got zero cash on me. And I'm fucking maxed out. I'm in a brand new VW Atlas SUV, which I thought was a four-wheel drive, but f- fucking yanks. They don't even want their gas guzzlers to do what gas guzzlers are made for, right? They, they just want the look. Who wants the look of a four-wheel drive without a four-wheel drive? I'd, I'd find that out later. Anyway, it's all foreshadowing. Uh, but, <laughs> but I'm running myself into considerable debt doing this. And it's so weird, though, that they want a car that looks like a four-wheel drive with no actual four-wheel drive. But this car is pretty much, I'm renting it, and it's pretty much all I've fucking got. So I'm still pushing it, giving it the whole, no, 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 look, I'm happy to drop you off. No, that's not what I want. You know, still firm but fair. And uh, so we pull into their particular reservation and fucking holy shit, I have no idea what it is there. We're pretty high above sea level too, so it's fucking freezing. The The sun even starts to set. And most of the houses aren't houses, they're tin shacks. And... I've even gone on Google Maps satellite now and I've figured out exactly where I was and I can even pinpoint exactly where I, I was and it's like off-road, off-road kind of thing. And like there's a church that's the best building in the reservation and a school and they're the only modern buildings there and the rest is just like fucking, uh, what's that movie? Unforgiven. You know that house he's building? That's nicer. It's like leftover wood kind of whacked together and just tin whacked onto like wooden fence posts that are like saddled up next to one another as a wall. And there's dogs everywhere. Everywhere. And so uh, we pull up into this cul-de-sac where her aunt's place is. And even with these dilapidated sheds and everything, her aunt is still the most dilapidated kind of, it's like a old makeshift fence that's like, it's not like a swing fence. It's like barbed wire pulled together with pieces of wood put together that you then hook over something. Uh, again, a lot like Aussie Outback. And I'm giving it the fucking track winding back. <laughs> and so we pull off and then to our left, there's these big fuck off hus- husky dogs. I mean, loads. There's dogs everywhere anyway, like out on the reservation. Cause like Navajo folks have been domesticating dogs from anywhere between 8,000 to 10,000 years, uh, or some shit. And they, they, there was Eurasian dogs that were brought over, but they turned, they, they'd had crossbreeds, but, but, uh, these husky dogs and their pups. So it's a mum and her pups, and they are twice the size of huskies. Huge fucking paws. Huge. They're fucking huge. Like, to give you an idea, if you go on Google Maps satellite right now and go down Lychee to Lychee, and then you'll see three reservations, and then the third reservation, and on the bottom westernmost point, you will see a dilapidated shack and then a kennel. And fuck me dead, you can see her dogs. I just saw them. I just saw them now while I was looking this up. Her dogs are so big. Her puppies are so big. They can be seen from fucking space. 
And I must admit, when I told Bean afterwards, it was the first time she got upset with me uh, while I was away because I didn't video or photo the puppies of the these dogs, but we're about to find out why. But there's wild dogs everywhere, like there's wild cats in Greece because, as I said, Navajo bro- uh, folks have been crossbreeding them for fucking, not centuries, millennia. <laughs> so anyway, I can see her dogs from fucking space. That's how big they are. And that's how big the puppies are. And uh, so I pull into the drive and, you know, slash clearing, whatever. It's not a drive. It's just a, a dust. It's where dust, it's, it's, it's not where there's brush, underbrush. Underbrush? Whatever. Tumbleweeds and shit. And they're insisting on it that I come in to meet her aunt. And I'm like, ah, oh, I drive all the fucking way. I'll ask her about her dogs. And I walk in and his aunt hates me. I mean, hates me straight away. She looks them up and down like, what the fuck have you two cunts brought in now? Uh, just ve- venous, venomously, vehemently, just, ugh, ugh. She like, it's, it was strange the look she gave me because it was the same as royal snobbery. She looked down her nose at me and like rolled her eyes and, no, no, right? And so I turned the Aussiness up to fucking 1,000. I'm doing everything in my power, just stopping short of getting spoons out and going, get I I'm not American. I'm fucking not American. I'll fucking kill my dinner. I've, I, I'm born of a, I'm born of and benefited from an entirely different genocide. So, uh, <laughs> are we good, you old bitch? Are we fucking good? So I shook her hand and she offered it to me like she was royalty, like actually, like the palm down, soft, limp, like you know those old films where where a lady with a glove on offers her hand to be kissed and groveled at. She just stopped short of spitting on it. I shit you not. Oh, and by the way, if she's their aunt, either she looks amazing or she had kids when she was minus three old, minus three years old, because they are exactly the same age of their a day. I don't want to pull on the thread of that jumper, but I'm just saying she's not that much older than her nephews. So do the fucking maths. Anyway, but I'm giving it the big pleased to meet you, and she's already making some bullshit to flog, because uh, 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 flog sell. I should say, to uh, our American and European friends uh, and Asian. And no, that's it. Uh, that is in, that's where this goes. I know where this goes. <laughs> but she's, uh, she's effectively like she's got these, uh, she's already got some bullshit to flog. She's effectively got these cake ornaments, like little plastic, little plastic jewellery. She's got little plastic jewellery beads that you, you know, like you buy like a roll, a, a, a clear plastic, tubing of little plastic beads and she's got like one of them it's about i don't know five inches tall just a cylinder cylinder is what i'm looking for and it's just you know full of little tiny like red plastic beads and she's putting them together to make together you know some lucky shit to flog tourists like tourist jewelry and she's totally like one of those gypsy ladies that want to flog you flog you lucky heather uh oh that's a fucking uk thing as well as as well isn't it in fact, I didn't even realise how hack it was when I first moved to the UK about gypsies flogging people, Lucky Heather. It's like gypsy ladies will come up to you and go, buy my Lucky Heather. And then you're like, no thanks. And they go like, you, you, you're going to die in two weeks. They threaten you with a death curse if you don't buy their Lucky Heather. And I think a bit I used to do was like, well, if it's that lucky, how come you're on the street flogging fucking Heather and threatening people instead of properly begging like a fucking proper beggar? Don't make me your last shred of dignity, cunt. But I had no idea. That I had no idea that at the time that a 
that would later be deemed super racist towards Romanians because, to be honest, I had no idea what ethnicity they were. They were just the lucky Heather gypsies. Uh, and if you're a, a lady selling Heather, throwing curses at strangers, that's what a gypsy is. It's not what a Romanian is. That's a, that's a very that's very specific gypsiness. I'm a gypsy. Buy my lucky Heather. Oh, you're going to die. That's like an algebra of gypsiness. But like like I said, but I had no idea what ethnicity those ladies even were back years and years again. I had no idea that, you know, somewhere the Romanian Defamation Society fucking stepped up and went, hey, stop calling us gypsies. And we, and we really should have gone, well, we're not. We call them gypsies, gypsies. You've got a job. <laughs> not my genocide to apologise for, motherfuckers. I've got my own. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh... I would just like to note at this point that uh, Dumb White Guy has zero Romanian listeners. Uh, <laughs> but if there are, welcome aboard. Coca Better, John Hastings, do comedy and commentary to bad wrestling matches. This is Robert Cody. Who's Cody? Hey, I'm the Blue Meanie. This is Cole Cabana and uh, Cole Cabana and uh, Mark Hask. I've already forgot his name. What's your name again? John. Hi, I'm Ricky Burke. John Hastings and Colt Cabana. And I'm his friend, John. They do comedy and commentary, right? Comedy, the band, wrestling. They come in and wrestling matches. You guys are calling band wrestling matches. How you're not getting heat with the talent is beyond me. <laughs> Every day at the Edinburgh French Festival. There, Denver French Festival. The Denver French Festival? Is that what you said? Edinburgh French Festival. Edinburgh. Film Festival yeah. at the Edinburgh, what is it? Edinburgh French Festival. Mondays at 8 p.m.? I don't know the time, bro. 11 p.m. It is yeah. 11 p.m., yeah. yeah. Every night at 11 p.m. for seven pounds. How much money? Seven pounds? Listen, dude. <laughs> I don't remember. August. Every night. Every night in August. In the basement of the Monkey Barrel. Yeah. The Monkey Barrel. Sleeper show. Oh, what a rush. Insert joke here. Bro, I'm sunny hot. No fuck yourself. John Hastings to comedy and commentary to bad wrestling matches. Yeah. So anyway, like I, I'm walking in, she's kind of like that kind of lady, but she's also still looking them up and down, going, "What have you done, bringing this fucking pale-faced cunt <laughs> to my shack?" Which, fair enough, to be honest, you know, I'm kind of on her side. I just wanted to drop him off. But so, but the thing is, because they're so, you know, insistent that I come and say hello. And again, I'm still intrigued, like, oh, what happens when I, you know, I didn't pick up the, I didn't do what I've some, sometimes have exaggerated I'd done last time when I was in the Australian Outback. Although I stopped doing that, I know that. But sometimes I've, I don't know, I've ramped the up on the story just to make the story better. But in this instance, you know, this is exactly what happened. And I know, again, some of this shit may sound made up, and that's because it was, but it's still what happened. So, but I'm really, like, upping the uh, emphatic, excitable, because also it's the ignorance is bliss kind of over-enthusiastic, happy-to-be-there guy is not in any way showing nervousness or anything. So if I'm not nervous, they don't need to be nervous. No one needs to worry that it's going to kick off, you know? Uh, even though it's quite clear someone's trying to fleece me for cash. And so she goes, uh, I go like, I love your dogs. How you doing? How many dogs you got? I love your dogs. Uh, they were good dogs. 
honestly, go on Google that now and look at the road between Page and Cayenta that goes through Leachy. Navajo Reservation, I can't remember what the name of it is. Scroll south of that. It's the third gathering of buildings you see. And then southwest, most southwest corner, you can see her big dogs. And I was like, uh, so she's like, uh, I can't do the accent, by the way, but she's like, uh, they're half wolf pups I need to sell. And I was like, oh, straight in with a sale. But also I was like, no fucking way. But I was also looking to be, you know, emphatic because I'm still a guest in her house, but also they're fucking half wolf pups. And again, it's the one bit of footage that Bean's annoyed I didn't get. Of like, you saw half wolf puppies and you didn't send me a fucking video. They were amazing. They were fucking and huge, huge. And it's like a house is still like straight out of the Red Dead Redemption. Like the shacks, not even the houses you see in Red Dead Redemption, but the shacks in the, you know, out in the wild in Arizona. And there was like a single fold out sofa. There's wind going all the way through it because there's just cracks between the, it's not even cracks between the wood. It's wood shoved next to one another and a tin roof whacked on top, if you get me. Uh, and there's wind between coming through the wooden planks and it, it must have been fucking freezing at night because it wasn't really a house but a shack. And the fridge, her fridge, an old like 1950s green fridge took up a quarter of it easily. So, you know, I was kind of like fair enough when she's going, i got to sell wolf half wolf pups. All right, come here, buy shit, fuck off. But when I was like, oh, 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 half wolf pups. Oh, fucking, you know, I was fucking selling them like a motherfucker. And, you know, she, was, she wasn't lying. Those dogs were half dog, half wolf. I, I looked it up and Navajo folks were one of the first people to transition, uh, not, not uh, crossbreed wolves and, and, and dogs or like uh, more dog-like animals and, and, and breed them to domesticate them. Although I, I, I guess the wolves probably sometimes fuck dogs. I would hazard a wolf often, you know, fucked a dog and then it worked and their sperm mixed with the female's eggs. <laughs> what about the other way around, Brendan? You might. <laughs> to which I put it to you again, do the maths, people. Do the maths. A male wolf is going to have its way with a female dog. No way is a male dog getting any wolf pussy. No fucking way. <laughs> that just ain't going to happen. Anyway, but it was stuff like that that made her, you know, drop a guard a bit. Because I was saying kind of things like that, you know. I was still being me, I guess. Uh, and being kind of as inappropriate as I could be. But I don't think I said anything about wolf pussy. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Sorry, I just got a message in that I shouldn't. That should be shut. Sorry, folks. I hate it when you listen to a podcast and they get a ding on their phone, don't you? Shut up! Mute. Mute. It's some guy asking me to do a gig. Funny. So, but, you know, it was stuff, you know, I was making a laugh and she was kind of starting to warm to me and then I started asking her about her, like, ancient Indian trinket bullshit and lucky spiritual spiritual thingy-be-bobs. But, yeah, she was like, yes, it's a... Uh, I'm making a uh, ancient... Uh, I'm making ancient, you know, Navajo jewelry. And I was like, what? Out of these tubes of old plastic beads. And she kind of grinned, you know, like the the never hustler, never hustler hustler kind of thing, you know, <laughs> never hustler hustler. And she kind of grinned like, oh, yeah, you know. And, uh, and I was like, how long does that take? And she was like, about 20 minutes each one. And then like now she was also kind of giving me the, all right, don't hustle me too. You're not interested. 
you know. Which, fair enough, fair enough. But she's still kind of pissed that I'm not buying her puppies from her. But the more I'm asking her about, about her, the more the hitcher blokes, Alan and fucking Bill, whatever, they're like, tell her about why you're here. Tell her about why you're here. She says, lucky Heather. So I told her about Patrick Scott and the stonefish, and she didn't really take that in. Right? But I said, oh, yeah, they said that you know the Scots. And she was like, well, yeah, everyone knows the Scots. I'm like, huh? There's nothing remarkable about that. Because now I'm kind of onto them, but also my, my enthusiasm and my kind of inappropriateness is doing kind of a decent amount to break the tension. But when I was like, no way, you know the Scots? Because now I realize as well, and I'm starting to realize while this is going on, that them going like, yeah, the Scots are right next door. It's like a well-known family. It's a bit like the Quartermain surname in Indigenous folks or Jones or Johnson for black guys. It's has a lot of people that have that surname because it's usually something that's given to a whole bunch of oppressed people via slavery. Because, you know, I had to break the news to you, but Scott ain't a Navajo surname. So knowing the Scots ain't that remarkable. It's a bit, I'm now starting to piece it together that it's a particularly like when a, it's kind of like the name of a suburb almost. And they're just the equivalent of the next suburb along, kind of like old Scottish clans, you know, and I'm starting to figure this out, but not really getting the aha moment when they've stated that the Scots are kind of the next town along. So she's really kind of nonplussed. And I'm like, ah, okay, this is not the remarkable coincidence I first thought it was. I'd better say, you know, I'd better say my thank yous. Because also it was starting to get dark and I'd already driven through the night to Paige and that was just fucking exhausting. So me saying, you know, do you know the Scots is a bit like me going, do you know someone from Manchester? Me too, no fucking way. But the more this keeps on, like they keep on trying to angle, angle it, they're like her nephew slash bloke's the same fucking age as her, if not older. They're like, she has Heather. Not Heather, sorry. She has this, uh, she has this uh, flower, herb. The, tell him about the flower, the, the, the herb. And I figured because we're going to maybe be here for a bit and they're asking me to tell her my story which they hadn't even really taken in anyway. I thought, I'll go and get something from my car. Right? I'm like, I'm going to get something from my car. I just want to get a picture of your dogs. I think it was my vape pen. Maybe I went to go and get my vape pen. No, that's right. I offered a vape outside, but I also step out just to kind of case the place out a bit. Because let's face it, you know, if folks want to rip you off and you don't want to buy what they're selling, then you got to figure shit out. Obviously, while I'm outside, they prep her so much more about my story and how they really need to insert themselves into it to convince me of the extremeness of the coincidence. So I'm vaping, I'm looking around, I'm thinking like, nah, there's nothing to fucking worry about here. It's just some fucking, it's just some broke folks looking for a hustle, you know, fair enough, you know. So, but when I go back in, I'm like, so do you know Patrick Scott? Like, that's, you know, who I'm looking for. And she goes, and I swear, yeah, he's my cousin. (laughs) So I've just stepped outside and she's gone from, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Of course I know them. It's like a suburb, you fucking silly cunt, to, oh, no, no, no. I'm specifically related to the exact Scott you're looking for. And I can't fucking help myself. And I just crack up laughing. And then they try and sell me the lucky fucking Heather fucking flower bullshit once more. And I'm like, guys, fucking look at me. Look at me. I'm wearing a fucking... I'm not saying words to this effect. I'm not entirely sure what I said, but I basically said, look, I'm covered in shit. I don't have any cash on me. I'm driving to where I don't know, and I'm looking for a fucking bloke I've never met. I just wanted to give you guys a ride. 
I'm sorry to bother you, but I'm not looking to buy anything. You don't have what I'm looking for. I know I said that. I said, I'm not looking to buy anything. You don't have what I'm looking for. And I really got to go because it's going to get dark soon. I don't want to be driving because I also don't know when, where the next town is. It's really hard to tell on the scale out there, even on uh, GPS, and you lose your GPS half the time. And it's hard to tell how far something is, even if you could look at the scale, but then it turns out the road is shit house and you're stuck behind 50 cars or it's completely clear. There's no telling of how long it's going to take you to get fucking anywhere. But I just, you know, so I'm just like, look, I just want to give you guys a ride to help you out. And they're kind of pissed off, but also I did give the guys a lift when, and no one else was going to fucking pick them up. So there's just kind of an unspoken, yeah, fair enough. We're hammered and no one was going to pick us up kind of unspoken agreement and a kind of, yeah, we're trying to fucking rip you off and you're not going to let that happen. All right, we were taking the piss. We were all taking the piss here. Should we just go our separate ways and no one needs to get punched in the fucking head? You know? But uh, So as I kind of circle up out the driveway and I'm making my way to drive through the night on this kind of vigil, I guess, where I'm looking for meaning, the one seed that was starting to both drive me insane and bring me back in equal measure is you got to be careful who in the world you share this shit with, you know? Because sometimes, sometimes some stuff is just yours. It's just yours. And it's nothing more dull in this world than other people's epi- epiphanies. And also, if you attach... And also, another side note, if you attach magic to a, other fellow human beings, just because of some of their stuff their ancestors reckoned, some of them are going to want to rip you off. Because, you know, you're being kind of racist and fuck you. <laughs> Some people, you just got to go, oh, they're not magic. They're just fucking broke. <laughs> These weren't wise, mystical guys. Nor was their aunts. They were just broke, drunk cunts looking for a lift. So I headed off further down the dirt track to a bitumen road till I came to a T-junction, right? So it's like a dirt track for a while. I'm like, fuck, I better hit road soon because I also don't want to be driving in the dark on dirt road because fuck knows what will jump out in front of you and no one will drive along that road. I'm not sure how many miles I was, but I eventually get back to a bitumen road, and I think I drive on that for about another, I don't know, 50 miles or something, and I come to a T-junction. And at the T-junction, to my right, it says Flagstaff and Phoenix, and the road left said Kayenta. So where the fuck do you reckon I went? Because I, you know, I hadn't found out what I was looking for yet, but I sure as hell knew it wasn't in Phoenix. It wasn't in Americaville, like the most America, America that America ever Americaed. So I took the left and uh, I'll leave that. I think I'll leave that here. The, yeah, that's 40 minutes. Cool. Uh, that's, a, that's a good time to leave it until next week. And uh, listen, uh, guys, a uh, little announcement is um, I don't care how long it takes me to record it. Next week, like if it's a two-hour episode, if it's a one-hour episode, if it's a three-hour episode or whatever, the announcement is uh, next week's episode will be probably – actually, just it is. Just go with it. It'll be the final dumb white guy. I'm wrapping this up. It's been great fun, and I'll tell you more next week as to why. I love you guys, and maybe I'll tell you what I'm going to do instead next week because uh, this is just kind of running out of time. And I'd like to, But it's time to wrap this puppy up. Because uh, this shit is expensive and it eats up too much of Toby and my time and it's time I did something else. Uh, don't worry, you can still subscribe and get access to the archive. 
which we will even dig out the old shitty episodes. Uh, but sorry, we can't just do this for free anymore. Uh, it's been a listener supporter podcast, and and don't worry to all you patrons. We'll take steps to get everything absolutely absolutely up on patreon.com slash Brendan Burns for you, all of the old episodes. Uh, but I'm going to archive this shit now and monetize it because um, uh, it's time to do something else. And there's a, an emotional attachment to that for sure. And, and, and by the way, all the albums uh, will be available soon. We've got brand new ones coming out and they will all be available on brennanburns.net because I'm also winding down being a stand-up as well. It's time I did something else with this skill set. But again, don't worry, there's new albums and I'll do a last few gigs here and there. Uh, I'll figure them out because uh, uh, I'm not quitting, but I am stopping. Uh, And I've got some new shit on the horizon and I've kind of devoted my life to too many things that I've loved that haven't really loved me back very much for the past few years. And uh, I'm, by the way, this isn't sad. It's not bittersweet. I'm thrilled to be heading into this new chapter. Uh chapter oh for fuck's sake yes that's right the history of shut the fuck up brendan but i am you know what it's a new chapter of my career it's all and it was always kind of what was next for me but i think i was waiting too long to have someone kind of discover it for me but it was always kind of the next transition i'll go into it more next week but i'm not quitting and i'm not retiring at all but i think there's something else i've got to offer and already it's been a massive weight off. You can tell. You can hear it in my voice. I'm so much happier. I'm laughing my fucking ass off now. Uh, I, I just, uh, I'm not sure I need that public validation anymore. I don't think I even enjoy that public validation anymore. I don't really know if I enjoy being the center of attention all that much. But I've met some people out here in LA while we've been here, and they're all kind of emphatically insisting that they know what I am and they know what is next for me. And it's bigger. It's much bigger, it's much brighter, and it's not the gruelling road. And uh, it was always my boyhood dream to be a stand-up comedian. It was. And uh, I got pretty good at it, you know? And indeed, it kind of gave me everything it possibly could. And then it was kind of diminishing returns. But more on this next week. I don't want to go too deep into it right now, I guess. But anyway, listen, if there's any part of you that's enjoyed what we've done over the years here... Uh, the the content that we've created. I'm also going to start separating my albums and my DVDs and my specials and selling them what they're worth. Because I know, you know as well as I do, you've even messaged me, I've undervalued them. And giving everything I've ever done away for like 16 quid is fucking ridiculous, isn't it? You know? And if I undervalue it, then how are you going to fucking value it? Fair enough. So we're going to separate it all. And if there's anything in your like uh, anthology or there's anything you're missing... Uh, they will all be available on brennanburns.net to be able to buy singularly. And there will be new shit coming out. And the only thing that I don't really have good audio of is the original first Free Fringe Brendan Burns show show. So before I wrap it up, I'll try and work out where I can maybe do that, record that, and Toby and I will get good audio of that to uh, make it an album. Because I loved that show as well. That was one of my favorite shows. I really enjoyed that. I did laugh my ass off. But yeah, if there's any part of you that's, enjoyed what I've done or you want to, you're, you're a new listener and uh, boy, did you come to the fucking party late. <laughs> boy, did you come to the party too late. We're all out of coke. All the girls have left uh, we're both, and it's just me and Toby with a fucking mop. <laughs> she used to bring me roses. 
<laughs> but anyway, look, if there's any part of you that's enjoyed what I've done over the years and the stuff that we've created, by all means, go and subscribe to the archive and you can access the thousands, the literal thousands of hours of stuff and free stand-up that we gave away from all over the world. Or if you've listened to them all and you don't want that, by all means, go over to Pro Wrestling Tees and buy a Brendan Burns T-shirt if you want to support me in this new de- endeavour in any way, shape or form. Um, yeah, sorry, just uh, thanks to all the patrons. Thanks to all of you. There's a lot. This this thing has a bigger list, listenership than I ever expected. Um and this isn't like a Hannah Gadsby slash canvas fuck you, you never loved me thing. I fucking love the shit out of you guys. You've given me, this thing has given me a closer relationship to my son. You know, it's uh, introduced me to now one of, you know, to some of my, you know, to a, yeah, to some of the best friends I've ever had. You know, there's no fucking way I'd know Craig without you guys. There's no fucking way I'd. Ah, uh, let's save it to next week. But just, um, yeah, I'll save all the thank yous for the my final week, but head over to brendanburns.net if you want to, or, you know, patreon.com, and slowly but surely we'll filter out all the old archive episodes. And I may do one final lap in my hometown of Perth, like just a, a victory lap, and none of this is bittersweet. I don't regret any of this. Like I said, my laugh has come back. I'm still pursuing a career in the same vein and I will undoubtedly return to the stage one day to perform of course and I'm not even sure if I'm going to book some stuff live stuff to record the shit that we need and it's kind of a moving on to bigger and better things everyone I've kind of met and I've seen the narrative arcs that I generally tend to structure in my stand-up and it's uh, I find uh, to be brutally frank I find the circuit and I find like 10 minute 12 minute and 20 minute spots it's going to sound douchey but i find it kind of what works i it's too simplistic for me it just is you know the art of like purest joke telling stand-up is simplifying everything and you may have noticed i like to complicate things <laughs> so going to my you know i'll say all my thanks next week and my uh, maybe announce the final gigs but they're not going to be a farewell or sad or even resentful. They're not even going to be sad affairs. I'd like to go out with a, uh, you know, a smile on my face. But, yeah, next week is the final dumb white guy for however long it is, maybe forever. It's probably forever. And I should, and I feel, com- I feel obligated to give you the heads up if you want to see me live because I don't know when I'm coming back. And I'd like us all to bow out with a smile on my face. Just have some fucking fun. It's not a fuck you, you never love me stand up. It's not a, uh, you know, it's it's the hour that I once did that I don't have decent audio of that was my first year at the Free Fringe that was just a fucking blast and it gave me my love of the game again. And I just, you know, and it's got the full, the full Arnold. And, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you more next week as to why I'm stopping and where I'm thinking of heading. But... I think it's no small coincidence that this show's theme tune has been trying to get things right for me for five to six fucking years. And now maybe, you know what, folks, when something keeps kicking your ass, the only way to succeed is to give up altogether. And I'm fucking thrilled I haven't set foot on stage since Arizona, and I'm piecing together something that I think I've always wanted to do. And maybe I've been waiting for someone to facilitate it. And that ain't going to happen. But I've met some people now that uh, I met a really cool dude that's looking to mentor me. You know what? Save it for next week. For now, here's my nephew, Andy Burns, and his band, Dave, with the most popular single 
singers they disbanded when they were 17. Shit, you know what? Maybe next week I'll even reach out to Andy and I'll ask him to do a, a special rendition of it. But uh, let's face it, folks. Enough of the reality denial. What? That's the fucking what they say in the song. And yet you've been saying this all that. What? Oh, my God, that's blowing my fucking mind. See you again. I love you. It's amazing how Let's see.